0: you're listening to another episode of the business show brought to you by Kate Baines of the business pod and Mike Noonan of red curve innovation this podcast is dedicated to giving business owners practical advice to help them get the business that they want and in each episode Kate and Mike will discuss a key topic important in running a successful business and so now over to your presenters Kate and Mike Welcome to episode two of The Business Show with me, Kate Baines from The Business Pod.
1: And me, Mike Newnham from Red Curve.
0: And today we'll be talking about how to turn your business into a brand. First, we will take a look at what branding is, then the benefits of branding, followed by how to create a brand and also some examples. So Mike, could you tell our listeners a little bit about what branding is all about and the difference between a brand and branding?
1: Okay. If you think of a brand as a person then the brand is who you are as a person and branding is what you wear the brand is essentially everything about you so it's who you are it's the relationship you have with your customers it's essentially the sum of all the interactions that you have with everybody around you it's also the promise that you make to your customers, it's their expectations, it's the experience that they have with you, and it's your personality as a business. So whether your personality, which is based around, let's say, excitement and liveliness, like, let's say, the Virgin brand, or competence, like, let's say, IBM, uh, or whether you're a maverick brand. I mean, Apple used to used to uh, pride itself on being basically outside of the, the mainstream. So they were always seen as a maverick. So, so whatever the brand personality is, that that's what you've got to get across.
0: So would you say the brand is very much about linking to the mission, vision, values, and culture that we talked about last week? So what they are trying to do and the branding is how they implement what they do.
1: Absolutely. The brand is really the expression of your values. Okay. So you need to go through the exercise of of clarifying your mission, your vision, your values, and understanding what your culture is before you can really go forward with turning your business into a brand. Uh, and the branding is essentially the expression of that brand. So as I said, it's, it's what you wear. So uh, it's the logos that you use, the fonts, the colors, your styling, how how the language that you use to communicate with people, whether it's a formal language or whether it's, you know, very informal, colloquial. However you decide that you want to communicate to people, that's your branding. The key thing about branding is it's got to be consistent. So you've always got to communicate in the same way so that people, you know, understand it. It would be no good if, uh, let's say, you know, one of your favorite high street brands we're changing their color scheme in every different town that you went to. Everything has to be the same. It should also create some kind of emotional connection with with your customers. So I think almost
0: you, pull on their heartstrings in absolutely. some way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ab- absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely that,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you know, again, it should it should reflect the the company culture, and you you need to think about that when you you start to you decided on a new brand identity or developing a brand for the first time.
0: So I suspect at this point you might be thinking well what is the point of branding? Um, maybe you're a very small micro business and perhaps you can't see the point. Well stop and listen up because branding is for any size of business and if you can create yourself as a likeable and trusted brand you'd end up competing with the big boys on a local level. Um, potentially you could even go on and be the next Amazon or Apple you know all of these businesses have started off small and have grown, you know, even if you grow very quick in a very short space of time, you still started off with that first order and that first idea of what you're going to do. And there are so many benefits of branding a business. It is something that every business should consider, even from day one. If you're a micro business from day one with your first customer, think about what image you want to portray. What is your brand and what is your branding going to be? Some of the benefits include creating a brand makes you memorable and therefore it can help you create that reputation. It can also create loyalty. It can help make you recognisable as the best place to go for for what you offer. And that can help you stand out from your competitors. It helps increase trust. It can make you look bigger than you are. And if you're a business with a premium image, you can probably get away with giving or charging a premium price as well. And the longer impact of branding is that you'd have a lower marketing spend as it will be your reputation that will help you bring new business in. And for your customers, there's less perceived risk because if you've got a reputation of trustworthiness, people will come to you over the competitors because they know, they like and they trust your brand. And overall, you end up with an improved image. And there's also more in that you'd be able to attract the best talent, the best investors. The benefits of branding go on and on and on and on. And ultimately, when you're trying to create your brand, you're aiming to create brand preference i.e., why will people come to you instead of your competition? And why will they prefer you over other companies? And it's your brand and your branding that bring that to life. So, if you haven't already listened to our episode one of our podcast yet, which we did on mission, vision, values, and culture, which we've already touched on, that would be a really good one for you to go back and listen to before you come back and look at branding your business and implementing that side of things. Because getting your mission, vision, values, and culture right and knowing what to achieve will significantly help you when it comes to putting the brand together and I just want to get you thinking about one more point of view when it comes to branding and that is that you need to think about branding as creating a personality for your business so think about your mission vision values and what personality do you want to portray the business in its own right needs to become a personality and that's where Mike said about the emotional level you need to create this emotional being i.e your company so that you can tap into who your idol client is to get them to come on board with your business
1: I think that's absolutely right Kate you know a lot of the most successful brands they don't talk about their products at all you know so it's not at all about them it's it's about something intangible about their values it's about well how they see the world how they can make a difference in the world so you've got brands like just do it with Nike they don't say anything about running or what their product is at all but you, you just know that, that they're, they're communicating their, their values.
0: So just on that one point that you'd already said about creating a brand around one word, some more examples of that would be maybe excitement for a Go GoPro would suggest maybe excitement. Yeah. Sophistication, if that's the word that you want to portray, thing, uh, brands such as Prada or Chanel, or maybe ruggedness like North Face or Crag Hoppers. So think about the main personality trait that you want to portray, write it down and then consider this in all the elements of the branding that you want to do.
1: And another way to look at that is maybe if your customers had to describe you in one word, what would what would they say? I mean that's that can be quite useful. Yeah. You know, what do they say about you and and, and go go with that.
0: And you could even do the customer survey on that point. Yeah. If you've got a few customers already or maybe at the point of doing a rebrand, do a customer focus group and find out what people think of you. Yeah. That's exactly. A really good idea. So how would we actually create a brand?
1: The first thing we need to do is build awareness. So you need to get your, your message out there. However, you're going to do that on social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And you need consistent in whatever that message is. So do it, if you're going to be using Twitter or Instagram, you know, tweet regularly and tweet on theme. So don't don't go off-piste and just tweet something that, that catches your eye make sure think about it and say is this part of who I am is it part of the the message that I, I want to give as we said if, it, if it's around something like fitness with just do it and Nike then you know you want to be doing things which are around you know achievement and overcoming obstacles and you know this kind of thing and not something else on i don't know whatever food or politics or some other theme you know it, you should keep it to the the theme that you are trying to to build word of mouth is a great way of, of uh, building brand awareness and that word of mouth quite often now is is online so people doing reviews TripAdvisor, advisor all this kind of stuff and if you empower your employees to to go out there and communicate as well you know it's it which it comes back to the culture that you've You've, you've created, so I think if you're going to sit down with a, with a piece of paper and think about developing a, a a rebrand or a brand for the first time, you've got to probably ask yourself these following five questions and the first one would be what is your general topic? You know, what is it generally that we do and that should be just a couple of words so Facebook marketing or bookkeeping or accountancy or coffee shop whatever it is so what's your general topic and then within that general topic what's your particular niche if it's bookkeeping for micro businesses is it bookkeeping for health and wellness businesses whatever your ang- angle might be deciding what that niche is so uh, and then in that general topic that you you're offering as a as a, as a product of service what's the favorite thing about it and, so, what's you know, what your you passion? Get, in what is your passion? What what gets your geek on, really? Um, what do you think about most of the time? And that helps to shape what you, you know, where your brand identity should be. And then, once you've got that sorted out, really, you need to think about the customers that you've got or the customers that you, you you'd like to attract. What is it that you will let them be, have, or do? This is essentially an an, an emotional service that you're offering. So. W- whatever it is, it should create an emotion in the, you know, in your, in your clients. So for example, you know, again, if it was bookkeeping, you know, you're offering them peace of mind. You're taking away hassle. They trust you. They can relax. It's that's what you're essentially letting them be, have or do. And finally, it's quite simple, but who would you click with? What kind of people would you just get on with? I mean, those are, those are the people that you want to attract and so you should really then focus on the people who would want to have your offer and not focus on people that just think meh <laughs> <laughs> so it's simple five questions you know you could probably you could probably answer those five questions in half an hour
0: yeah so we've got what is your general topic what is the angle on that topic what is your favorite part of that topic what can you help people be do or have yep and then who would you actually click with correct And I suppose that almost links back to our first podcast about the mission, vision, values and culture, because ultimately those five questions is almost helping you get that down to a T.
1: True. And and it's what we said, you know, your brand is essentially an expression of your values.
0: And if you can add to that the personality trait too, these things will help you create a story for your brand. And then that will help you create that emotional attachment with your customer. Yeah. So just going on to actually how you would implement it once you know what your brand needs to be. First thing you need to do is choose your name. You need to think really carefully about this one because once you've chosen it, there's normally no going back. And The time and investment that goes into creating the name and then the tagline and the logo is no small feat for most businesses. So choose the name really carefully. Secondly, you need a tagline and the tagline is to tell your customers what you do or what you stand for. So, for example, Tesco is Every Little Helps john lewis is never knowingly undersold as have always said nike is just do it once you've got your tagline you then need to think about your logo when designing your logo though you need to remember your logo needs to portray who you are what you do how professional you will be my advice here is to keep it simple don't use too many colors and also think about the color that you're going to use so for example red can be seen as quite strong willed yellow is very optimistic black is sophisticated blue quite often represents trust and green, quite often, is associated with health and nature. And then think about the typeface that you want to use, because the different types of typeface can significantly change the look of a logo. So if you have a look at the Coca-Cola logo, it's got very clear, simple lines. It hasn't changed much since it started in 1887. And the typeface is very similar to what it was when they first started out. It's just been slightly squashed and it's slightly taller. That is obviously a logo that has stood the test of time. It was simple. It was one color that was used. I think the Coca-Cola logo is quite, it looks like it's moving because it's on a slight slant and it's quite curvy. It looks like it's kind of moving. So therefore, maybe slightly excitement and moving with the times. It's red, which is about being strong-willed. And I think it is quite a strong-willed brand as well. Yeah,
1: adventure, I would say, which is a big thing with with Coca-Cola.
0: Yeah. So once you have your name and your tagline and your logo you can then start to put your marketing materials together and when you put your campaigns together you need to make sure you're appealing to your audience and therefore it needs to represent what your mission, vision, values and culture are and actually by knowing what personality trait that you wanted to portray then you should be able to pull this into the marketing campaigns, so that you really are aiming at your ideal client. As Mike's already said, you need to be working across all platforms. So think about marketing campaigns for your website, social media, face-to-face networking, business cards, leaflets, brochures, so on and so on. And as Mike has already said, you need to be consistent. You need to use the same language throughout to really connect to your audience. And this is where actually storytelling comes in and helps you create your brand and helps you appeal to the emotional side of the customers. And in 2015, Marketing Week interviewed 2,800 people as to what brands told the best story. And the significant finding of it was charities seem to be really good at creating stories that customers and donors buy into. And i suspect it's because they are able to use real life examples in their marketing campaigns and therefore they're pulling on the heartstrings and connecting with people on that emotional level and in the top storytelling brands in 2015 on this marketing week uh, report we have number one was apple two was macmillan cancer support three was national trust four was bbc just looking at the other charities on there number six was cancer research Number 12 was British Heart Foundation. Number 16 was Oxfam. I think that was all in the top 20. So ultimately, these brands are good at creating a brand around their story, which is backed up by their mission, vision and values. The other ones in this top 20, we've got Samsung, PlayStation, Google, Facebook, IKEA. I think IKEA is quite good at creating stories. If you look at their adverts. I
1: think IKEA's has done a fantastic job with the, the wonderful everyday that's absolutely amazing yeah really really very very good and to be the wonderful everyday and yet that the product is just you know flat packed <laughs> you know perhaps yeah not very exciting but they've made it exciting you know they, they've made it you you want to be part of the ikea story
0: and then the other one there is bmw i
1: was thinking about that today so the the ultimate driving machine so you you that says everything doesn't it so everything that they do should really be focused on being the ultimate driving machine. And things that veer away from that tarnishes the brand. I was com- contrasting that with uh, Land Rover as well. I was in a car park and saw, and saw the Land Rover one and it said on there, one, one life live it. Which is yeah, great, yeah. you know. And uh, that is
0: very much in keeping with what they stand for, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The adventure, go yeah. and do it while you can. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: so far we've covered all the basics. So you know what you do, why you do it, why you like doing it and what personality you want to portray but to take this one step further you now need to consider the systems and processes in your business and make sure the way you do things stay just true to your brand because it's the systems and processes in your business that will help you with the implementation of your brand and given that wow factor when it comes to customer services and just general day-to-day operations of your business so for example having a customer service charter so that all the staff know exactly how to greet each customer and so then that helps gives consistency And the systems and processes will help give you that wow customer experience because it's not what you do, it's the way that you do it that creates that differentiation between you and your competitors. And a final point on creating a brand is that of creating unique and innovative products and services, which quite frankly in this day and age is quite hard to do. But what you can do is be unique and innovative in the way that you implement what you do. So the one thing that I can think of there, and it hasn't been implemented yet, but the likes of Amazon potentially putting drones up in the sky to deliver parcels to us. It's very much potentially an innovative way of changing the way that parcels are delivered.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they're working hard on that. And it's all about customer experience, isn't it? You Definitely. know, you, you know, it's, uh, so you can order things instantly. Amazon have got a, I can't remember what it's called now, but they have these, these, uh, is it Amazon Dash or something like that, where you, a uh, thing that you can, a button that you push. And so, for example, next to the, your toilet rolls in the loo, you, you pre- press a button and it will automatically order new Oh, <laughs> well. rolls, I
0: know I've seen things on repeat so when I've bought things like A4 paper or yeah. batteries and things like yeah. that you can put it on an automatic reorder so every month it would yeah. send it you Yeah. Um, and dog food is a good one for that I know there's a lot of pet food companies nowadays that you can just get them to send it to you every six weeks yeah. so again it's taking the hassle out of it and again I think that's good customer services yeah. you know if you're getting through these consumable products on a regular basis then why not put it on auto order yeah
1: yeah um, and that, you know that's all part of you know going back to the mission the vision and the values of amazon it starts off as an online bookstore right. but essentially the mission is to be the everything store uh, and they're well on track for that
0: yeah and as part of putting this podcast together we actually did quite a bit of research on existing brands and what we found out there are quite a lot of surveys and things on good brands bad brands favorite brands and most liked brands and uh, some of the examples that i picked out of are examples of what brands are known for so if you think of TK Maxx Lidl and Aldi they're all known for being low-cost retailers as part of their brand they're offering value for money um, helping sort of families get as much as they can out of their weekly shopping and from a TK Maxx fashion point of view M&S and John Lewis are known for offering quality and are trustworthy Apple is known for innovation and I think good and bad brands is very personal an individual's personal perception on things an example personal example I can give you here is I have a good and a bad feeling about Volkswagen I still like this sort of cult following of the 1960s and 1970s camper vans that they have you know I've got a calendar of them I've got the key rings I've got pens notebooks I've got a shopping bag here with that like, I use for my laptop which's got Volkswagen camper vans on them but I also have a 2008 Volkswagen car, which actually is part of the Dieselgate scandal, which quite frankly has been the headache of my life for the last 12 months as my EGR has failed after the software update. Long story short, I've managed to get the money back for the EGR valve, but they still aren't taking any responsibility for their actions of the fact that the software update has affected my vehicle. And they're saying, well, all the testing that they've done shows none of this. Well, it's a bit coincidental that people are having problems sort of the next day after having this update done. And so that creates a bad feeling for me with the newer Volkswagens because they aren't taking responsibility for the issues that have been caused by their software developers, and you know ultimately the Volkswagens were putting more, too many diesel emissions out into the air. So if you'd bought a Volkswagen because you were, if you'd bought a Volkswagen because you were ec- ecologically savvy and wanted to make sure you were buying a car that wasn't kicking too many exhaust emissions the car that you've been driving around in has actually been putting a lot more out but the older volkswagen campers and the sort of the image that that lifestyle and that portrays is very different from the the newer vehicles so volkswagen as a whole to me there's two elements that are sort of pulling on my heartstrings you know the bad and the good and i think it's very personal a person's response to the things that the big brands stand for
1: although I think the the Volkswagen scandal has has just hit it the things that they stand for around reliability and integrity has just been blown away with this dieselgate scandal I think
0: and I think it probably has I wonder how they actually sell new cars now Because in the UK, they definitely haven't managed it well, from what I can see. Yet, when it comes to the old camper vans, I think there's still a huge, massive cult following. You know, at the three-county showground, we have VW Fest, you know, Dub Fest and the Van Fest. And there are thousands of people there. And so Dieselgate hasn't really affected their perception on Volkswagen as a brand when it comes to those products.
1: Yeah. And also, when things do go wrong, it is an opportunity to... You know, essentially, suddenly people are more aware of your brand than than they yeah. were before. So with Diesel Dieselgate, people became much more aware of Volkswagen than perhaps uh, they they'd really thought about previously. And it's then an yeah. opportunity to handle that well or handle it badly. So, um, for example,
0: recently we've had the um, chicken scandal with one of the suppliers, where uh, two sisters cam- in uh,
1: in Birmingham, yeah,
0: and cameras. I, I think it was ITV cameras were put in and. They supply chicken to MS. I think it was MS and Tesco were the two things that I saw. Yeah. And MS took the chicken off sale straight away, without any question, without any further investigation, it was taken straight off. Whereas Tesco wanted to do their own research into it before they took it off sale. Yeah. And absolutely. so that ultimately I know I would rather go to M&S than Tesco for fresh meat on that point of view yeah. because of the way it was handled. So it's still a scandal for both stores, but the fact that one took action straight away immediately to be, then be investigated to put it right, in my eyes, creates a lot more goodwill. And yeah. therefore, I would see M&S is a better brand than Tesco on that point. Yeah.
1: And it, pays to the, uh, it plays to the M&S brand essence of quality. Trustworthy as well. Yeah
0: are there any other examples that you wanted to share with us mike
1: well in terms of um brands that have gone bad i I think it's very much contextual so in the uk a lot of the uh, banking brands uh they they uh, they they had um, a bad reputation just after the global financial crash 2008 particularly rbs uh, also barclays That still lingers because, you know, we still get in this drip feed of scandals from people like HSBC, where they're money laundering for allegedly money laundering for um, drugs cartels and various other organizations that want to hide their money, basically. So the banking, I think, has still got bad brands. Nike, I think, took a little bit of a hit when um, they were exposed for using child labor, uh, for making the running shoes but they've bounced back from that really and and cleaned up their act and uh, I think Nike's one of the most trusted brands now mm-hmm. probably
0: I so say it's very much a, the way that the brands do, or the companies deal with yep. the crises that hit them as to how they come out of it isn't it yeah yeah that was it B, is BP yeah, yeah yeah a little while ago as well wasn't there
1: so B- BP had had a terrible experience really so that they uh, uh deepwater horizon which was the ecological disaster in in Florida I don't think they've really recovered from that at all. They handled it badly. They were slow to act, and they, although the, although they claimed to, they, they were going to pay for all of the clean up. It's it's left uh, uh, lives ruined and a very bad taste in uh, most people's mouths. I think yeah. oh, um, so. Very very much an untrusted brand. And then these companies are still carrying on doing exploration in more and more risky areas. You know, trying to explore in the Antarctic and difficult to access regions, definitely not a positive brand. Whereas back in maybe 30 years ago, they they were trying to move away from Petroleum, BP, and they rebranded. They had this uh, bright green and yellow uh, logo playing back, you know, talking about the colors that you were talking about uh, before, very eco, very optimistic, and the BP under the tagline was Beyond Petroleum, which they've absolu- absolutely sort of done a 180 degree turn away from that. Yeah, some, some bad brands around. <laughs>
0: and I, I think that just shows that you need to think very carefully about what your subliminal message is in marketing campaigns or in your logo and your tagline, for what you actually are trying to create because see, people will interpret it potentially differently. But ultimately, what you do need to do is you need to stand by your brand, stand by what you stand for, and make sure you're consistent right the way across the board. Yeah. So just in summary, a memorable brand can make a difference between a successful business and one that fails. But actually building a brand won't happen overnight. It does take time to create a brand as it does take time to get your message out to the world. That being said, with the use of social media nowadays, if you get it right, you can create a brand in record time. And remember, don't think like a small business. Be ambitious. Start to create something that will become your legacy and live on after you are no longer in the business. You know, you could be the next Starbucks. You could be the next Amazon. You could be the next PwC. So never give up. Believe in what you do. Just make sure you're consistent and true to your values.
1: Well said, Kate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's bye from me.
1: And bye from me. See you you next time.
0: You have been listening to the Business Show podcast For more information, please visit businesspodcast.co.uk.